Oh yeah, I'm Barry Moran, and you're listening to Mayo Are Back. How are we lads? Con Mort here, Mayo Are Back. Look at guys, you're listening to one of the best podcasts I've ever heard. It's Mayo Are Back. Angelina Nugent speaking, just wanted to say, and Mayo Are Back. Hello, this is Kim Jong-un, and welcome to the Mayo Are Back podcast. How do? Pope Francis here, Mayo Are Back. Mayo Are Fucking Back. Let them say what they like about Mayo people, but Mayo supporters are the best supporters in the world. Well, hello and how do, folks? You're listening to the Mayo Are Back podcast. It's season five, episode 11, and we are in absolute heaven right now, folks. We're back where we belong in an all Arnold filing. It's been a long, long time since we've been in one last. You have to go all the way back to Christmas time when we were last in a final against Dublin. It didn't work out well that day, but we're convinced it's going to work out well on Saturday, the 11th of September. Mm. You're listening to the Mayo Are Back podcast, you're listening to the dulcet tones of TJ, and I'm joined by my old accomplice, Fat Larry. He's been locked up in a muzzle all week, and he's ready to shoot from the hip and everywhere else, as it were. Fat Larry, how do to you? Westport, Ackle, Foxford, Clare Morris, Anguissala, Newport, Knockham, Bangor, Swinford, and Killala, Termacady, Black Sock, Clue Bay, every time you hear that cry. Bolivari, Newport Strait, and the fields of Glenamoy. I think what Fat Larry is trying to say there is hello to all listeners Sorry. today, whether you're a new listener, an old listener, you could be one of these bandwagoners that we've gotten recently, or you could be one of the full-time half-well inbreds that have been listening to this podcast for years and years and years. And you'd wonder who's worse, folks, the people that are behind it, or you, sitting at home, listening to it, manifesting yourselves all the while. Fat Larry, how are you feeling? Sorry about that, TJ. I'm very, very well. Hello to all the Mayor Back listeners. I hope you're not too unwell. I am feeling particularly unwell this evening. I was in and out of A&E during the week. I've been tested. I have been, you know, been kept under close surveillance over the last couple of days, but I'm just about clinging on. I'm really, really looking forward to this evening's occasion. TJ, I'm looking forward to sitting down with you this evening for not a podcast, but for, I think, a little bit of a Mayo conversation. Mm. We're going to sit down and we are going to converse and we are going to have a little bit of a manifest for ourselves on this what is essentially for Mayo fans the 23rd of December. It's two days before Christmas Day. You know, we will be getting our our sack full of Sam Maguire come Saturday evening. So we've got Christmas Eve tomorrow, which will be Friday. And we are very much looking forward to what promises to be the day in the sporting calendar for Mayo Inbreds. And whether you're listening to this at home, manifesting yourself on your own in your bedroom, or you have it on for the spin up the road to Dublin... Wherever you're listening to this, wherever this podcast may find you, we want to welcome you and I hope you enjoy what we've got coming up over the course of today's show. And as Fat Larry so eloquently alluded to the fact that calling it a podcast really does this show a disservice because it's such a saturated market. It's such a term that's been thrown around. I think to call this a mere podcast would be a disgraceful way of looking at it. This is much more than that. It's a movement. We've always said it. And what you're listening to now is it's a conversation. It's an evening with TJ and Fat Larry. And of course, Fat Larry has made time in his increasingly busy schedule to come and join us here this evening. And we are always eternally grateful for that. It was a great surprise and I'm very, very happy to be here. I suppose 
the whole reason we're here today is to just set the scene for the Mayo Inbreds and to not so much look ahead or discuss the All-Ireland Final. I don't know if that will be on the topic of discussion this evening at all. We know the way this game is going to go. We know the result. We know how it's going to finish up. And we know exactly where we're going to be come 7 o'clock on Saturday evening. We will all be collectively walking up the steps of Crow Park to lift the Sam Maguire with our captain, Audio O'Shea, trademark. And, you know, I think it's going to be absolutely fabulous. So we're not going to be talking, you know, tactics or matchups or, you know, we're not going to be getting into that nitty gritty part of it this evening because for me anyways, it's all completely irrelevant. The result is set in stone. We know what's how it's going to finish. So it's just a matter of us getting on here, recording a podcast just to pass the time between now and then. I think that's the only purpose of this conversation mm-hmm. this evening. Indeed, and I just want to touch on something you've said there, Fat Larry. Well, you can touch me whenever you like. The word fabulous, it's been thrown Mm. around a lot recently, but this really is a fabulous group of players on this Mayo team right now. Would I be correct in saying that? Would you echo those sediments, Fat Larry? I would completely and utterly like to take this opportunity, TJ, on and off the record, to say to you and to the Mayo inbreds, half-bakes, and every other class of an individual we have listening this evening... This Mayo team is absolutely gorgeous mm-hmm. and I would like to go on the record as saying that. I think one thing I love about this Mayo team, I think, and I think it suits the way the game is played nowadays. We hear a lot, you know, from, you know, so-called pundits and analysts on RTE and Sky Sports and what have you. They talk about the importance of the transition in the game of Gaelic football and how important it is to have you know players who are able to make that transition on the field and I, I think this Mayo team is just so well suited to you know the way James Horn wants to play the game we have so many you know transitioning players on this Mayo team mm-hmm. who are really and truly gorgeous you have guys with you know their long flowing locks you know, we have some very questionable tans on this Mayo team as well. I don't remember the weather being particularly warm this summer, so I don't know where they got them from. But, you know, that's just, I suppose, what we love about this Mayo team. They're so much more than a football team to me and you in particular, TJ, and to so many more people who will be listening. Absolutely, Fat Larry. And when James Hornan took over this team, we would have been scathing with our criticism. Our criticism, we were so strongly against that at the time because I suppose we came from a school of belief where, as we understood, two mangers would be better than one manger. And one manger might only equal one plan. And that is essentially what this game is going to come down to on Saturday evening at five o'clock when those teams line out on the pitch Do Mayo have one plan? Do they have more than one plan? If you cast your mind back to, I don't know, let's say 2015, for example, two mangers, one plan on that occasion didn't work out all that well for us on a semi-final stage. This year, we've got one manger. He seems to have multiple plans. He's led us all the way here. But when he took over that job, we demanded that he needed to get this team into transition. And as you can see, they're transitioning from old to young. They're getting rid of some of them older guys and bringing through the youth, the gorgeous, fabulous youth. Mm -hmm. They're transitioning from defence to attack. And as Fat Larry alluded to there, transitioning from men into women with some of the beautiful style that's on show, some of the gorgeous looks. Day by day, their fluidity is is plain to see. And we need to be fluid on Saturday, fluid between defence and attack, fluid between the genders, fluid in between our legs as fans and otherwise. That's all I want to say on that particular matter. 
I'd just like to reassure the Mayo inbreds at this point this evening that myself and TJ, guys, we're here for you. We're here to support you. We're here to make that you know, run into Saturday evening as smooth as possible. So we hope that podcast or this podcast does the trick. And if you want to reach out to us at any stage, you know where to get us on Instagram and, and Twitter. I got a, I suppose, a rather distressing message from a Mayo inbred at about half four this morning. He he, he messaged in the page um, in a fit of Mayo fever. I think he was having a Mayo fever dream and he needed somebody to lean on and he suggested and he was extremely worried um i suppose from listening to us on this podcast down through the years we've sung the praises of how you know important joint manger teams are and how effective those um plans how effective you know those those mangers are and he was worried about this Tyrone team you know not just the fact that they have got some good players but also this Tyrone team is manged by joint mangers and he was very, very fearful for Mayo's chances. But I would just like to take the opportunity to put that listener at ease. You know, we think back to 2015 when Pat and Noel manged the Mayo team. That was very much a situation of two mangers and no plan as it was that day up against Dublin. So just to let the, the, the listener know that, you know, we have one manger now, but we hadn't a plan then. We have a plan now and we're going to do the job. It's it's a case of do the job Mayo at this stage and I've you know I've been convinced TJ this is our you know me and you I suppose are veterans you could say at this stage this mm-hmm. is our third All Ireland final podcast we had a you know a live up for the match special many moons ago in Ballinalak back in 2017 we had um, a bit of a Christmas jamboree last year which was absolutely fabulous so we've been around the block and. You know, the other times I was convinced that Mayo were going to win, but I'm even more convinced this time. And I would just like to reassure the listeners that it's not a case of will Mayo win. It's a case of they are going to win. Excellent, Fat Larry. It's great to hear such confidence coming from essentially a man who knows very little about anything. But the way that you're after describing it to me there, it's, you know, it sent that Mayo blood pulsing around through my veins again. The Mayo fever symptoms I've been experiencing of late have been some of the most shocking I've ever had. The dreams are now happening during the day. I'm going in and out of consciousness just in a state of Mayo pandemonium. I I actually got a little nick on my thumb earlier on in my place of work. And what came out wasn't explicitly red, Fat Larry. It was it was red and green. You could see the split in the blood. Now I have been speaking to a doctor about that, and he doesn't think it's Mayo fever. He thinks it's some sort of gangrene or something like that. But for me, I understand what Mayo fever is in my own perspective, and that's exactly what it is. I haven't been able to sleep at night. I've been turning and more importantly, tossing all night long, just thinking of old filings gone by. And an old adage that rings true this year, Fat Larry, I've thought about this quite recently. Sometimes you have to lose 10 All-Irelands to win one. Absolutely. You know, we've learned our lessons. You know, every great team has lost lots of All-Ireland finals. That much is clear. And none more so than us. You know, this Mayo team lost an All-Ireland final only last December. And I think... That's going to be absolutely crucial, in my opinion, for this final on Saturday. These guys know what's expected of them now. They've been, you know, through the hype. They've been through the build-up. They've lived through a Mayo or Back Christmas song that sent the whole county into absolute delirium. And they handled that pressure well. So nothing for me can top the sheer unwellness 
and you know half bakedness which we you know witnessed last December. So I'm sure the Mayo players are going to be very relaxed now for this one. And I, you know, as I said there, I'm and I haven't maybe I haven't said it clearly enough, but I think Mayo are going to win this game, and I'm completely and utterly certain. Now at this venture, I'd just like to refer to my notes for a moment and say up Mayo. And I suppose to build on that point, I was going to bring up James Hornan's pre-match press conference, which took place about a month ago at this stage. We didn't know who we were playing, but he was there willing to talk about a lot of things. One of the topics he spoke about was the Gurkhas, the fighters from Nepal, or some other random place like that. They lived in the jungle, Fat Larry, and Horn said... He wants his men to embrace the jungle. And that's why he dropped the Mayo squad up in the cage of fields there mm. three or four weeks ago and left them in an uncontactable place. The only person that could make any contact with the outside world was our leader, Audio Shea. He had a pair of mobile on his person very at the very time. Yeah. And he was able to, to make those calls that needed to be made and get sponsorships and whichever which way that manifests itself. Good, a good forum. But this is something that this Mayo team have brought with them. And you can tell by the younger guys that have filtered through into this team now, they've grown up listening to the Mayo Are Back podcast. And at this venture, it's probably worth mounting praise onto ourselves at this podcast yeah. because, as the listeners know, we don't listen to any of the outside noise. Some of the absolute abuse that's been coming into the DMs recently is ignored from all quarters. We stay true and present in the moment just like this Mayo team exactly, and yeah. we're, we're so up our own arses at this stage of our careers in podcasting terms I can only hope that the Mayo players play with the same reckless abandonment on Saturday and that it's Tyrone who are the ones leaving Crow Park with their tails held high between their legs Now we opened up our Instagram account yesterday evening to um, some viciously unwell inbreds who sent in a very wide range of questions, you know, some will, that we will air, some that we will keep to ourselves. We might deal with them in a private setting. One question that came in to us um, from uh, an, an, an irate listener, you could best refer to him as, who was, you know, mentioning the fact that we hadn't taken the opportunity to bash the country board in quite a long time. And that, you know, that really hurt me. You know, it. Um, I suppose it made me question my own morals, why I started with you here, TJ, in the first place. And that was to give the country board a really tough time. We've never, you know, bent the knee to them. Um, and I just like to reassure that listener that that hasn't changed. And I think it would be remiss of us on this podcast now to not, I suppose, touch on the disgraceful um, allocation of tickets for this All-Ireland final which I think is utterly shambolic and I think yet again the country board should hang their heads in shame mm-hmm. in my opinion they'd want to take a good long look at themselves Fat Larry I'm they not would. specifically sure why and I just needed to get that out there because I realised that I hadn't actually given out about them in, in far too long and I am sorry for that genuinely from the bottom of my heart because I know why the listeners are here they're not here for all the positivity they're here for a good moan and we will give you that this evening 
We'll keep you grounded, folks. Don't you worry about that for one second. Our mantra and our philosophy has never changed here. Abuse, abuse and abuse. Whether it be the county board, the players or even ourselves as a, as a fan base, we've held the mirror up to society in Mayo for a very long time. We've referred to you all listening now today as half-baked, not-wells and pure thorough inbreds. But this culture that we've created at this stage, you know, there is a winning culture behind it. And I suppose this podcast is only as good as the Mayo team on the day and vice versa. The team will only play well if the podcasts they're listening to the night before the match are good. Now, I don't know for certain whether the players will be listening to this on the night before the game or whether it'll be saved to, you know, in the immediate hours before the match. I know firsthand that when they're getting their little stretches and their warm-ups done in that green underground area, the one song and, you know, the one thing they all want to hear blasting around that cacophony of sound is the Mayo Are Back podcast to drown out some of the outside noise and to, you know, experience the inbredness that myself and yourself and many of the listeners experience on a, on a very regular daily basis. Mm. Some friend of mine came up to me and said he was really going through the throes of Mayo fever at the moment. And I said to him, you know, take, take a look at yourself. This is me every waking moment. It's every day of the single year. It doesn't, it doesn't go away, Fat Larry. If, if not, as the years go on, it gets worse and worse. It does. I find now I'm only beginning that cycle of Mayo fever now. It usually starts a few days or a few weeks before the final and generally it gets really, really bad and builds to a crescendo around January time. And I frankly, you know, I'm looking forward to the game the next day. Great, but I can't wait for January and I can't wait for this thing to get started again because like the Mayo fans out there, there's that real sense of anxiety that builds up towards the end of the season. They've got so much you know, to occupy their minds during the months of August and September. And, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of us out there would love nothing more than Mayo to go out and draw the next day and to prolong this for another two weeks. I would absolutely love that. You know, it's been a very, very long wait since the semi-final against Dublin. It's nearly four weeks now since we blew the dubs and our load all over them. And, you know, we'll never forget that slippy Saturday evening above in Crow Park. You know, but I suppose it's important now that we stress to the inbreds out there now just to to pace themselves over the next, you know, 48 to 72 hours or so. You know, I for one didn't listen to a a Mayo podcast or a Mayo song until yesterday morning. I woke up at 7am and since that I have actually, you know, gone and and burnt a CD with my 30 favourite Mayo songs that I've listened to you know it three times through and I'll probably do so a couple more times this evening but at the same time I would just stress to the listeners you know I'm well used to this level of Mayo fever I live with it you know it's a it's a cross I carry on an annual basis so just for those young up-and-coming inbreds who might be out there who might be experiencing this for the first time you know their first time getting to go to a an All-Ireland final in the flesh we would just tell you to take a step back have a couple of cans of Bulmers, mm-hmm. no ice. Um, you know, listen to Mayo songs. Don't don't compress it. You know, don't push it down. Let it out and let it out in whatever way you see fit. And nothing is too much and nothing is too little, in my opinion. I agree with every sediment expressed there, Fat Larry, and I'd like to echo them at this venture. But in terms of specific Mayo songs, you know, listen to the classics, of course, but. Get into the, the niche market. Listen to as many Kevin Prendergast tunes as you mm-hmm. can. A lot of his back catalogue are very, very good. Listen to Storic Stevens' Up Mayo. 
And then if you find yourself in the YouTube hole, there's some tremendous, tremendous covers from different eras. When you think back to some of the songs from the 12 and 13 spell, the 16, 17 spell, there's been a beautiful collection of Mayo songs out there for you to listen to. One I'd highly recommend is the Belmullet Secondary School operatic version, Time to Say Mayo, which of course, Ryan O'Donoghue was the star of. Absolutely. We saw our Rod, our young Rod in that video, walking through the halls of that secondary school, and little did we know at that stage, that in a mere eight, nine years, he'd be the man on the pitch, pucking the head off the dubs when we needed him the most. Absolutely. And it just shows, you know, I think we could all say that we probably know a few half-bakes who featured on that particular classic song, you know, one of the finest ever. And it's great now that those inbreds that were in that video are now, you know, flying the flag for Mayo and are going to, you know, give the rod to Tyrone and whatever which way, you know, that way goes on Saturday evening, I suppose. At this venture of the podcast, I should probably once again remind the listeners, I've been sitting listening to myself talk for the last little while, and I would just like to say to the listeners that, yes, you aren't mistaken, I have stayed true to my roots, TJ, I have absolutely no notes taken this evening, no no preparation done whatsoever, we're just going to let it flow now over the next while, and I suppose at this stage, as we you know, are beginning to work our way through the opening section of the podcast. We're probably approaching the 25th or the 26th minute of the match here. We're on the run into half time, as it were. You know, TJ, is there any point, in your opinion, you know, is there any point in us getting into the meat and two veg of this game? Would, would you like to, at this venture, maybe have a look at the game in some detail or would that be completely ill-advised? No. I would not, Fat Larry, and I'll tell you why. What we're doing here today, and the listeners will have noticed this already, the podcast is being done in such a way that it's directly taking, you know, inspiration from what the game is going to be like the next day. You know, at this stage, we're just, maybe just after the water break now, we're just quenching our thirst a little bit. But we came out there all guns blazing in the first 20 minutes. Absolutely mindless levels of shit talk. No, no holding back whatsoever. And I'd like to see Mayo doing the exact same thing on Saturday evening. Just, you know, this kind of up Mayo from the get-go mentality that Martin Carney would have always, you know, that's the vision that he prescribes to. He says, up Mayo from the get-go and I agree with him and Mayo from the get-go will have to go at it at it awful very hard then we need to sort of take stock and at this stage I suppose listeners will be wondering what's coming up over the course of today's podcast we'll get to that in a little while what we have to do now is just get through this introductory period and get ourselves into the tunnel at half time calm ourselves down a little bit and at the second half we need to come out with even more spunk and more jizz if possible and two of the men that are going to provide that on the day, Fat Larry, the aforementioned Rod, Ryan O'Donoghue, and his comrade, Tommy Cumway. Yes. And I want to refer to some of his family tree at this stage. His lineage, Fat Larry, is this. His great-grandfather, or uncle, one of the two, was a member of Michael Collins's Flying Columns. And I think that was obvious to see the way that he was flying up and down the wing against the dubs. He was blasting into them in every which way that he could. And he's from the land of, you know... Lord boycott and if we want to boycott anything at this stage we want to boycott losing Sam we want to embrace Sam and on the topic of Sam I have a question that I need to chew your ear about Fat Larry by all means do you think Sam Maguire was an inbred I think he was I do think he was and it's why for so long TJ I believed you know so you know firmly in my my Mayo waters that 
you know, Sam Maguire would be so very, very much at home in the Cunty Mio. I think it would just be, you know, I think he would actually come back to life. You know, I fully manifest, you know, seeing Aidan O'Shea walking up the steps of Crow Park the next day and shaking the hand of the GEA president and lifting Sam Maguire above his head. Not the cup, but the man. I feel like a, a Harry Potter-style situation where when Aidan gets his magic hands, you know, those hands that have been so starved of success over the last couple of years, I just feel when he gets his hands on that cup, Sam Maguire is just going to be there, little old, dishevelled, shriveled old manning. But I think we're going to bring him home and he's going to be like a little pet for the Mayo people over the winter now and we'll be feeding him pints and we'll be drinking out of him and we'll be you know bringing him around to all the national schools and it'll be great crack altogether I think you know I'm really really convinced now yeah and you know I just TJ I don't know if it's coming through maybe you could you know maybe tell me if it is or not if you can listen on to the recording there but I I think we have it I think we're going to do it that much is clear at this venture, Fat Larry. I suppose with mentions of Sam Maguire in those terms, I, I suppose I, I, for one, I hope to see the Sam Maguire filled on Saturday evening. This may go against every single COVID protocol you've ever heard of, but not filled with beer, not filled with any liquid of any sorts. I want to see it filled with Stephen Cohn's nuts. Mm. Stephen Cohn's calf nuts that we've talked about so much over the last couple of podcasts. We've discussed this at such detail and such great length in recent times. And he's a guy who, folks, we held to this exceedingly high standard in the early years. But he has matched the expectations that we have set for him. And he has exceeded them in some ways. He reminds me of another man, debutante Conroy Loftus. He's made 50 debuts for Mayo. Between himself and Stephen Cohn, these guys have turned into leaders before our very eyes. They were they were young boys and now they are men. And that's not weird for us to be admiring that trait in them. This is a very normal thing for Mayo fans to talk about. And I suppose the older myself and Fat Larry get here, the, the more acceptable and the more normal it is to be talking about these young, amateur athletes in such a leery way, as it were. Mm. Well, I think one thing that I always struggle, TJ, you know, that great inbred team that won the 2013 Minor All-Ireland and went on to win one in 2020, or 2016, excuse me, uh, uh, an All-Ireland under-21 title. Something that always made me a little bit uncomfortable with that team was that they were a team of juveniles. You know, they were <coughs> under-21 players and you just really couldn't get behind them, you know, I suppose, with the same level of gusto that you can with the senior team. You know, they were a great team and everything, but it was still, it wasn't what we wanted. We want the big one. You know, these under-21s and minors, they're all good and well, great winning those, but they're only stepping stones to Sam Maguire. And I think, you know, Kafnuts Cohn and Conroy Loftitz and Michael Plunkett and Matty Ruan and these guys who've, well, they've been there before. They have their own Arnolds, you know, in their back pocket. So they won't fear these Tyrone boys at all. We cast our mind back to 2013 and that minor final. It was Tyrone who succumbed to Mayo that day as well. So, you know, we're always talking about manifestations and, you know, Mayo positivity. I think it's another reason, you know, in a long list of reasons that I have now to believe that Mayo are going to win the All-Ireland. You know, there was guys such as Conor McKenna and Frank Burns and guys like this who were playing on that day. And they, you know, they shit themselves in that All-Ireland minor final. And I am completely convinced that they will absolutely shit themselves on Saturday as well. Wonderful. Now, there's another cohort of gentlemen that will remember the 2016 semi-final, if I do recall correctly, where Mayo came out and absolutely blitzed a Tyrone team 
team. In fact, it was in the quarterfinal, but they, they absolutely screwed them under the stand in Crow Park. And it was a day where I can remember, for one thing, it was our current leader and captain, Audio O'Shea, sticking his hand around Stephen Rochford and just rubbing him on the rubbing him on the top of the head and saying, we did it, baby, we did it, Rochie. And the Tyrone mm. men in the stand that day and indeed on the pitch have been very sour about that fact, Fat Larry. Very, very sour indeed. They've, they've stored that memory, so they have. But we have our own memory stored from the last few years and we'll be ready to try and exercise those demons and banish the ghosts on Saturday at 5pm. I want to talk to you a little bit more about Café Rouen, however, because some of the tactical nuances we've seen from this Mayo team this year have led me to believe that this guy, this fabulous young guy, when he's not out riding horses, he is starring in a midfield role for Mayo. And the big question I have, Fat Larry, is, is he your footballer of the year at this venture? Well, you know, in my eyes, they're all fabulous. You know, they're all gorgeous. And, sure. and if, if I had my way, TJ, I'd be giving them all Footballer of the Year. You know, they're they're all stars in my eyes. And, you know, we love them very, very much. But this guy has been absolutely, you know, a cut above the rest this year. You know, he's, you know, such a, you know, a viciously unwell person, you know, on and off the field. I think it's great. You know, he's got that, you know, Mayo pride and Mayo passion that you wouldn't always come to expect from a Mayo footballer. You'd expect to see it from an inbred in the stand. But I think he encapsulates that, you know, inbred Mayo energy that, you know, is so pent up, you know, among our supporters. And he just kind of allows that to manifest itself on the field of play and I think we haven't had that in previous finals whereas now we've got unwells in the stand and we've got unwells on the field and I think that bodes very very well for this Mayo team It's a great testament to our manager James Horan the fact that he's been able to in his second coming in particular he's been able to get the inbreds out of the stands and onto the pitch because there was a lot of big talkers James Horan said he wanted to get rid of the bullshit in Mayo GEA and I suppose what he's done is he's at least segmented it he's, he's gotten rid of the bullshit from within the squad he's you know set up other systems in place like this podcast for example where we get all the bullshit out of the way here so our players don't have to get involved in any of it and I think the players would thank us and at this moment I'd like to thank ourselves because who else is going to Fat Larry you know what I mean no one else is going to do it and you know I think we ourselves here we have taken a lot of the pressure off this Mayo team I think and we we should be commended for doing that you know you talked about James Horan there and the you know the absolutely I suppose you could only call it fabulous job that he has done as Mayo Manger over the last you know 10 or 11 years or whatever length of time he's been here you know we always though you know cast our mind back to that little you know portion in the middle where he he left us for a few years and Homelli took over the job and you know I was thinking you know I suppose with my tactical hat on about this game the next day and I was thinking you know how are Mayo going to go out and approach this game and you know what kind of motivation are they going to use you know to get themselves up and hard for this game and you know I think I could best encapsulate this match as being like the upstairs of Ballyhane Clubhouse. You know, yeah. if this Mayo team can have as much success as they did on that night six years ago, you know, that would bode very, very well. You know, they haven't won many of the big ones over the last couple of years, but that was one battle they did win. So I think you've got to try and look back to those positive 
you know, occasions and try and use what you learned from that to take into this game. None more so against a Tyrone team manged by joint mangers. You know, that should make them really, really bitter and angry about, you know, what they were put through. Absolutely. Now, I know a lot of people listening to this podcast will be wondering when we're going to get into the meat and two veg of this game and when we're going to talk about the matchups. There's one matchup that I'm interested in, and as far as I'm concerned, it's the only matchup that needs to be won. How the Mayo fans are going to do against the Tyrone fans Mm -hmm. in the stands on the day. How many people are going to be willing to get the hands out of the pockets, pull their finger out of whichever which way it has been placed Mm -hmm. and start that clap, that Mayo do-do-do style approach, Fat Larry. You know what I'm referring to. The long-term listeners and followers of this page know exactly what I'm referring to. But we need a very much together version of the Mayo do-do-do chant. Would you agree with those sentiments? I would. I would like to echo them also. You know, you go to Mayo games and you always see, you know, in, in a group of Mayo fans, you see one or two of those vicious inbreds who will get up and who will start chanting and roaring and turning round to the bucks behind them in the stand during the game. And they'll be the ones who are trying to, you know, kind of rally everyone. But I think we need to imagine those Mayo supporters and each Mayo supporter out there needs to manifest this idea very clearly in their heads now. They need to imagine that they are that most inbred supporter that they've seen at a Mayo game. And they all need to be just like him or her. Not just in the first five minutes, but for 69 minutes plus whatever Joe McQuillan decides to add on after he you know you need to be you know male male do 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 from the get-go you know you need to be completely unwell and you need to be you know vociferous in your support of this Mayo team and I suppose at this stage I would like to say that you know as I'm podcasting with you here TJ I do often think sometimes if I would you know benefit from having taken some notes and if it would have you know been of benefit to me to have a think about what I was going to say before I started and I would just like to go on the record to you and say that this is absolutely not one of those occasions up Mayo. Up Mayo right from the get-go and right the way through the game because Mayo are where we need Mayo to be at this stage. They're coming into the back end of the championship they're up against Tyrone a team known as the Red Hand and I want to talk about this Red Hand for a moment because if Mayo were to succeed and overcome our challenges and secure our ultimate goal of winning Sam we're going to need to try and drop that hand on Saturday afternoon slash evening and as well as Tyrone having a Red Hand we cannot be underestimating the fact that Mayo have a pair of red shorts that has been sending the nation wild at the moment They've been sending the nation absolutely wild. They are the shorts worn by our captain, Ed O'Shea, when he's running on the beach. And we hope that Audie has that, you know, charisma and that style on Saturday afternoon because his handling against Dublin, it wasn't all that good. His handling of his mobile phone when he went for a sea swim, terrible. Absolutely shocking. What's his handling going to be like against Tyrone and will he have his hands in his shorts or will he be trying to take Tyrone by the red hand and catch them red handed in the act as it were or whatever which way there's no doubt about it right Aidan O'Shea is going to lift Sam Maguire on Saturday and he's going to win man of the match in my opinion and that's not you know that's not speculation that's just the way it is Okay, so that's the you know there's there's no two ways about it. There's no hooly bully about it. May we're going to win this game now, and I think we don't need to discuss it. We don't need to get into the details of why we believe it. It's just the way it is, you know. And I I'm very much excited now for you know just everything that will come after it. You know, we'll be all looking forward to losing the run of ourselves for the next three to six months, and you know we will be 
you know, swept over by a tidal wave of complete and utter mayo euphoria and um, just to go back then on what you said about Aidan O'Shea I think we can't play him in the full forward line I think we need to play him out around the middle of the field we need to play him at centre forward up mayo we need to um, you know get him on as much ball as possible you need to get him into a few scraps get him under a throw ball you need to get him you know to you know toss some Tyrone lad into the Hogan stand if you could at all possible you know and you just really as a mayo fan I think you need to go out and really, really, you know, abuse him for the first 15 minutes and get his dander up. Because I think if this guy gets going, you know, Mayo have a great chance of winning the All-Ireland. He's the type of guy that catches a lot of flack from the opposition support. But that can sometimes be misunderstood as the opposition support. A lot of times, and a lot of times, it's actually the Mayo fans that are giving him that level I like when the Mayo fans abuse their own players. I think that's a sign that things are going well. And, you know, it's a sign then that, you know, Mayo are going to turn it around and really look to, I suppose, you know like we would say to Matty Ruan you would say fuck you Matthew you know and there's more players who we could fuck on this Mayo team as well and that's no harm you know you have to get really stuck in behind them because we're only doing it for their own good at the end of the day well one only has to listen back to the commentary from one of our favourite pundits of all time and Guru's Manifest Kearney when he was commentating with Michael D. McAndroid after Robbie Henley's score went over the bar he, he basically put a big two fingers up to everybody in Mayo everyone that ever doubted him everyone that ever gave him any stick whatsoever Matty has done that on occasion Saturday evening is the time that Edo is going to do that he's going to fist the ball high over the bar he might even burst the onion sack with one of those big strong strikes of his but in that motion he mightn't do it explicitly Fat Larry but subliminally he'll be saying to every single Mayo fan out there fuck you that's what I think anyways. Now, speaking of Mayo festing and trying to, you know, channel the good Mayo energy and the good vibes, we have been thanking the universe for Mayo winning Sam a lot already. We thanked the universe for our tickets arriving and they did eventually come. No thanks to the, the followership or the listenership of Mayo are back, but we did get our grubby little hands on them, whatever which way we had to. We hmm. want to get into the questions and answers aspect of this podcast, I believe, because it's one segment of the podcast that the listeners I know absolutely love and the mailbag is bursting at the seams mm. this evening. It's going to be very hard indeed to get through all of them. I hope nobody is too disappointed if we don't get around to your question but there will be more questions to be asked and indeed to be answered when we come back next week for our All-Ireland Champions podcast which yeah. will you know certainly be that'll absolutely be a, that'll be a bit of fun. It'll be fabulous in many ways but there's so many topics that we like to touch on but really and truly it's you the fans mm. that have touched us in a way and I'm sure we have touched you in whichever which way. Many different ways. Yes absolutely. as it were. Well one thing I love about these questions and answers that we've had here over the years is that it started off you know originally with you know a, 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 I suppose a smaller group of people who made you know suggestions but Mainly questions, you know, it was like, you know, we were sitting up here and had all of the knowledge and we had all of the, I suppose, the, you could call it the, the, the know-how when it came to dealing with Mayo fever and other such issues. But it's clear from the, the Q&A here, TJ, that there's more manifestations and there's more, you know, opinions here now than ever before. And you can see that, you know, we don't need to answer these inbreds anymore. They understand what it's about. And they just seem to be well tuned in to the way things are going. And that's very, very positive now from a supporter's point of view. You know, these inbreds look like they're ready to, you know, do the job the next day, no more than our players. So I think 
we could probably do with getting into it you know i suppose we've probably done enough introducing and enough you know setting the scene here now and you know when you go through the mailbag there's quite a lot of of uh of stuff that we need to get through so I suppose we might get straight down to it and I'm going to start here now with you know an interesting question it says um you know do you do you think um Audi Audi O'Shea will will um will he mention pair mobile in his acceptance speech the next day I would say it would be the first cohort of people that he thanks you know after he thanks God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit then goes on to thank you know some of the big influences in his own life his parents his his brothers and sisters his cousins and mm. his primary school teachers and his clubmates from an early age eventually after 20 35 minutes he might begin to thank the squad members of the Mayo team and the manager and that kind of thing and then I suppose he'll go off on a very long monologue where he tells us all about the most recent sea swimming event he mm. went to and we all of course unfortunately know exactly what happened to his phone on that particular occasion but I think he will leave us in no uncertain doubt at the top step of the Hogan stand when he reveals to us that you can actually send it away in the post and they will uh, fix it and they'll send it back to you which is it's so interesting in a way because if we could have done that with some of our you know All-Ireland finals in the past Fat Larry if we could have just you know boxed them up and sent them off and said maybe we won't score two own goals in this one or maybe we won't necessarily be changing the first name of the team sheet in the next one or maybe Donald Vaughan won't punch John Small in the face in a, an absolutely nothing challenge those are the type of things I would like to have repaired for me but you know Thankfully, phones, that sort of technology that we're operating off here, all of that is very repairable. And it's an excellent question, I suppose. It shows the the high level of thought that's gone into these questions this evening. And we do need to do our due diligence and research and respect these answers in every which way we can. So with that said, Fat Larry, the next question is, which of my cousins do I have to ride for a ticket? That's an excellent question. You know, in years gone by, it would have probably guaranteed you a ticket, you know, and you would have at least had something to show from it. This time you mightn't be so lucky. I would be, uh, you know, I would I would probably say you'd need to, you know, go far and wide and, and probably need to go into the second and third cousins and all the rest of it. But, you know, a, a very, a very uh, difficult dilemma to be faced with for sure. And, you know, segueing on from that, I suppose, naturally, you know, the, the question will be on Mayo in Bred's lips then. You know, if you are going to the game and if you've got a ticket for yourself, where do you plan on stopping for the breakfast on the way up? Excellent question, Fat Larry. I mean, Very good. that really throws it up in the air. To be honest, the key phrase I'm zoning in on there is the word breakfast. Because if this person was looking for, you know, a little pick-me-up or a little afternoon snack, there's, a, I suppose, a variety of other places I could recommend to them but I won't on this occasion if you're going for the breakfast which you will be because I know you'll be leaving the house at about 5am you want to be on the road 12 hours before the game at the very latest I'd be stopping in Ferex. Yeah, I don't know about you Fat Larry would you agree with that? It's been always my place of choice over the years. It it hadn't it hasn't seen me wrong, albeit we haven't had much success going there. But I like to stick to that now. They're they're a fine crowd up there, and you know they'll have you well fed, and you'll have the stomach well lined by the time you get up to the Red Parrot as well. Now, another question here: uh, We couldn't win it with two majors, and we of course couldn't win the you know the title. When we had five. Will we win it with one? Well, I think there's a school of thought there that suggests, Fat Larry, that one manger, when you break the word manger down, it's obviously spelled M-A-N-G-E-R. If you split it after M-A-N, 
man. Now, I'm not trying to be sexist in any which way whatsoever. Please don't take this up the wrong way, listeners. But if you have one man as your manger, I think it just kind of, it it wades through a lot of the filth. And maybe we were wrong, Fat Larry. I'd be the first to hold my pants down and say I was wrong in this instance. If I was the one that suggested two mangers would be better than one, maybe I just thought no more than, you know, in this instance, we have two contributors usually to this podcast whenever you make yourself available. And we provide quite a sounding board for the other. And Maybe it kind of has exacerbated our not wellness that if there was one main man doing it on his own and it wasn't in a joint ticket capacity, it could have been better. But the answer to that question will only be revealed through the game, if you understand what I'm saying. Completely. And it's very clear you've thought through these questions in great detail, TJ, which is, I suppose, what you come to expect here from from experts in the lead up to an All-Ireland final. We've got a couple more here now. There's a few manifestations more than questions. We have a manifestation here that says the rod was so slippery and elusive against the dubs. No one could get near him. They gave him a good tugging. Can we expect the same? I think we absolutely can. I think he's very elusive and I think he's going to pose a lot of problems for this uh, Tyrone backline. Um, a couple more here, Fat yeah. Larry. There's one woman who's written into the page on four occasions, and only two of them are questions. So, just in terms of sediments, I'd like to echo these. She says, Up Mayo wherever you go. And if we haven't said that at this stage of the podcast, we sincerely apologise because that is one of the mantras that we hold very dear here. The other one thing that she said, and this is interesting, Mayo by the odd score. And I've seen this on Twitter during the week. Somebody reckons that there's only one way of calling this game Mayo by the odd fisted score. Absolutely, you know the 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 fist has been mentioned here. You know we've we have another question about the fisting forecast for the final from a from a long term listener. I think we've made that you know very very clear. We fully expect Mayo to fist them hard and to you know win the Sam Maguire at the end. Mozzi has been in touch as he usually is, and he's wondering if Mayo will cope without no cock for another Saturday. Well, we can only hope that. You know, they're able to hold on one more Saturday and after that then they're free to do whatever they like. Well, Fat Larry, I have good friends writing for one of the Mayo tabloids. I suppose the most rag-tabloid paper you could come across at this stage, the Clickbait Telegraph. These guys will type anything and put it on the internet just for content creation. They remind us of our good selves, but they reckon the cock is back in training, that his rehab programme has gone quite well and he could be named to start at the weekend. That's not O'Sheen Mullins's or the Owen McLaughlin's this world. That's Killian O'Connor. That's a man who ripped his Achilles tendon only three months ago. And they reckon he could play a pivotal, pivotal role against Tyrone. And I have to agree with them. I can't wait to see it. You know, I, I fully see it happening. You know, um, we could do with them. There's no doubt about it. We've been starved of them. But I think come the big day... We could do with having him in our team. Another excellent question here. There's a, a fan looking for some help. He's wondering that he had a, you know, a very, very, I suppose, erotic dream about Audio Shea lifting the trophy, and he's wondering does that make him a asexual? Um, I think I think it does. An yeah. audiosexual? Yeah, I yes. think so. I think you know that you know you need to get you know, well checked out for that now. Absolutely. Um, is Pork O'Hore the second coming of Jesus Christ? Is another question we've got in here. Yes, well, I think he most certainly is. This man, you know, he went through Ultimate Hell Week when he joined the Mayo panel and was left on the bench behind a very ageing defenders in front of him. That was his Ultimate Hell season last year, to be quite honest, in fact. But this year he's to the fore. And when he went through the jungle after 25 minutes of sleep and had the sounds of a crying baby blasted into his ears for six hours, 
he basically showed me that if all you needed him to do is mark a man for an hour and 10 minutes, that's easy fry for him. So be it Cahill McShane or Danny McCurry or any number of players that play for this Tyrone team, if they even do. Peter Canavan, of course, all of them will require some attention and some detailed marking. But I reckon Swanee O'Hora could absolutely clean any of them out of it. Absolutely. Another question here, I suppose we're getting along... uh a long list of questions, I suppose, about, you know, you know, mental preparation and, you know, how Mayo fans are going to build the time and how they should hydrate themselves between now and the, the big game come Friday evening. We have a question here wondering, you know, about the pint situation, you know, Friday night, what do you do? Do you go out? Do you have the few pints or... Are you looking to keep it fresh for Saturday? What's the game plan there? Huge question, Fatler. I suppose it depends on what way you're approaching it from. We'd be coming from the angle of things now where, where this podcast is being recorded not all very far away from Croke Park, as it were. And we're going to be there, thereabouts, on a Friday afternoon. If you're up the night before, go for pints. Not many, eight or nine or ten. Maybe one for each All-Ireland final we've lost as kind of a yeah. penance. I'd have ten pints of maybe the black stuff on the Friday. And up Saturday morning then a cool Callum Bulmers with no ice in it and start to manifest your way throughout the day on Saturday. Now a young man that I was speaking to during the weekend, he won't mind me saying this, he said he wasn't going to take a drink on Saturday because there's no drug in the world like Mayo GAA. He said heading into Crow Park on Saturday, he's going to be absolutely beside himself. And if you mm. added even even a short or a half a can, even a little bottling of alcohol into that mixture, that man Neat could self combust. He could you could see him, you know, you could see him on the flat of his back on the footpath on Clonliffe Road quite easily. So I think it's it's best, you know, that you know, Mayo fans have been on the road for a long time. You know yourself, guys, you know, you're self-intuitive guys and whatever, and you just need to, you know, reflect on previous finals you know how did you perform that day and you're going to need I suppose like James Horan would say just to kind of maximise your performance the next day now and in terms of diet and nutrition as well as alcohol another question has come in from a man, a Claire, from, man from Claire Morris in fact mm. and he's wondering how many grams of calf nuts would you recommend Stephen Cohn have before the game and maybe this is kind of a two part grams two part question Fat Larry mm. for the Mayo the wider Mayo public at large should they echo that should they mirror his sediments by also eating nuts Absolutely. You know, nuts are a great, you know, source of energy, you know, and, you know, we, we've won, you know, Stephen Cohen has captained us to two All-Ireland finals. So I'd be, if I was Mayo fans now, I'd be all queuing up for the train at Castlebar or Clare Morris or wherever you happen to hop on the next day. And, you know, to have a small bucketine of calf nuts under your arm wouldn't do any harm. And, you know, that's another manifestation we could make, you know, if we would see, you know, 40,000 Mayo supporters shaking the bucket of nuts above in Crow Park. You know, that, what a sight that would be. That would be absolutely fantastic. Well, the Dirty Dubs did try and pull tactics like that. I heard them ringing bells and blowing whistles and blowing their own rusty trumpets throughout that game. But if the Mayo fans could bring that... If the Mayo fans could shake their nuts in such a way to intimidate the Tyrone players on the field and off the field, we could be two or three points up before the ball has even been thrown in. Now there's a man with some a serious way of thinking about the game and I'm surprised he hasn't been picked up by one of the other big podcasts on the market. But he's wondering, with the fact that there's two underdogs in this phylum, is it a case of rather than David versus Goliath, is it a David versus David sort of scenario? And do you think it's going to be a draw? I think it quite possibly could be. I think it's going to be a very, very tight game. You know, I think 
it, it's hard to see it going any other way. But then again, it's very easy to see TJ Mayo going out and winning this very, very comfortably. I think I can see that myself. You know, a lot of people out there might agree or disagree with me, but, yeah. you know, I, I see this game being in the melting pot for 45, 50 minutes, but I can only see it going one way coming down the stretch. I can see Mayo, you know, shooting the load from all over. I can see Connor Loftitz coming in tipping over one or two I can see Tommy Cumroy coming through blasting in a couple of goals I can see Rod banging over a couple of frees you know we've got lots to come in off the bench as well you know we've one of Mayorback's finest young inbreds you know straight out of the Mayorback Academy and a Hessian to come on off the bench as well so I, I don't see this one being you know I don't see it being tight in any way shape or form I think it's going to be Mayo by a landslide and up Mayo wherever you go I suppose the game is being played on the ninth in the ninth month of the year, and in fact on the 11th day of that month, 9-11 is the term that springs to mind. It is 20 years on since that, I suppose, infamous moment where the Twin Towers were brought down. But I'd like to talk about Mayo's number 9 and number 11. Mm. Conroy Loftus and Aidan O'Shea, they're two big strong men. Fine they're fellas. fine and fabulous footballers. Gorgeous. And they're made of good stock. Is there anything to be said, you know, to, to try and angle that high ball in and try and work a little bit of destruction in our own, in that Tyrone full back line? I think that's something that it would be remissive of James Horgan not to mention in his pre-match team talk. And another, you know, I suppose, thinking of twins and, you know, things that come in pairs. You know, do you think TJ, and this has come in from another very well-informed Mayo inbred as well, you know, wondering, you know, would it be advisable for James Horan maybe to bring Pat Noel into the changing room before the game the next day just to give the Mayo team that little pep talk they need? Well, I've, if you remember, Fat Larry, when Jimmy Sloyne would be a big, you know, contributor to this podcast off the record but one of the things he spoke about is Joe Kernan going into that Armagh dressing room in 2002 and he had an All-Ireland runners-up medal that he picked up and, and he kind of said to the players look at this this isn't worth a shite and he kind of threw it against the wall in a way if we could replace the medal in that scenario with Pat and Noel if you had maybe Aidan and Killian even Alan Dillon Andy Moore and a few mm. more picked up Pat and Noel and, and fucked them against the wall and kind of said you know they're not worth a shite those days are gone those days are over forget about it those memories are gone it's time to cement a new legacy do it for the legacy my guys do it do it do it for Sam and do it for every half-bake who can't go to the game I was speaking to a man from outside Cross Malina he can't go to the game because he can't be arsed I was speaking to another man in Ballandine he was trying to get a ticket for 10-15 minutes and he wasn't able to get one he's going to watch it at home maybe just on the radio he won't he'll just be looking out the window while he watches it think of the people in Baal that only have one television set at the entire village. How are they going to be able to watch this game? They'll think all of, be on the wireless, as it were. Think of the man that I, I was chatting to from Kilmovey who mortgaged his wife to get a ticket. You know, you're talking guys who've completely and utterly lost the rag. So this has to be it now. You know, you can't be taking out any more mortgages and you can't be going through any more heartbreak than we've gone through already. We've had our fill of it. We've had enough. Me and you, TJ, and every single Mayo half-bacon inbred out there listening to this podcast has had enough. And I am going to come out on the record and say, no more. I've had enough. I'm not doing it anymore. I want my All-Ireland, and I want it now, baby. And I just am going through the questions here, and it's been phenomenal. It's been absolutely amazing. You guys are a credit to yourselves. You're a credit to your your inbred families and your, your wider inbred circle. One statement that's there that's completely summed it up for me TJ and I know you can see it as well you know what it is up mayo
Paul has sent that message in. That's all it's about. He sends that message in every single week. He's consistent. He's consistently there. He's ready. He's ready to give that sort of, you know, that positivity. And when you get yourselves into the stand, if you're lucky enough to have a ticket for this game, you better say up Mayo right from the get-go. You better say it in the first 15 minutes. You better say it right up until the 69th minute and whatever the referee adds on at the end. When 19 minutes and 51 seconds have been played, we need every Mayo fan in the stadium to stand up and start manifesting themselves. And I don't care who's looking at you, whether it be stewards on Gardaí Síochána, you could be there with the family or the, the cousins, the, the, you could be there with the mother-in-law, I don't care. When it gets to 1951 on the clock, start to manifest, because that's what we need from our fans if we're going to have any chance of winning. You'll never get a better chance at a final. Social distancing, there's only 40,000 people. Usually you wouldn't have the space to manifest yourself properly at an All-Ireland final. You're not going to have the same excuse for this one. So you should absolutely do it. 19 minutes and 51 seconds. And you're going to manifest yourself really hard all the way through to at least the 69th minute plus added time. Now, eagle-eared listeners will have noticed the way that this podcast has fleshed itself out over the course of the last hour or there thereabouts. We're coming into the, the second half water break now. We're coming out all all guns blazing for this final quarter. The game is going to be won and lost in the final quarter. It'll come down to who gets more scores than the other team. Now, there's a chance that the game will also be drawn, but more than likely it'll be won or lost. Fat Larry, I don't know if you've made any predictions so far on the podcast, and, and I would like to pick your brain on it, you know, at some stage today, but do you think Mayo are going to do it? Just for anyone at home that, you know, maybe is just joining us at this stage. I want the Mayo supporters walking into Crow Park the next day Skull that last can you have, throw it in the bin. I want you walking into Crow Park with the chest out and be prepared to tell yourself that this is the last time you'll ever walk into Crow Park in your life because I foresee a situation where Joe McQuilkin will blow the whistle at the, at the, you know, at the end of the game and the heavens will open and everything, man, woman, women and children will be you know, elevated up into the sky and Mayo people all over the world will head off happy in the knowledge that they have seen their country win the All-Ireland final. That's how I see the game, how the game is going to go. I'm not going to get you know, bogged down by what's going to happen in the game itself. I'm not in the best position here to, you know, to tell you what you need to know in that regard. I'm just going to tell you how it's going to end. And it's going to end with Mayo winning by 10 to 15 points on the odd score. So I'm thinking maybe 11, 13, 11 or 13 point win for me, an odd, an odd score. An odd landslide they're going to win by. Fat Larry is blasting from the front at this venture and I can see that with my own two eyes and I hope that's getting itself across to the listeners. Now TJ, this is coming from the half-bake as well who, you know, predicted and was, you know, caught on the record as saying that Mayo were going to win the All-Ireland semi-final at half-time the last day. So if you doubt me, just bear that in mind. It makes me think of a young man, Fat Larry, who would be remissive of us if we didn't mention him now. He's a man that's living in the sand, not down in Lewisburg, but over in the United Arab Dhabi Dabbies, as it were. He's been, you know, listening into this podcast and getting less well with every passing moment. But when we lost the All-Ireland final in 2013, he turned around and he said to me in the hill that day, he said, TJ, Mayo for Sam in 2021. Now, I thought it was a very pessimistic attitude at the time. I said, are you willing to take eight years of hurt, 
you know, to secure that one victory. But he had the foresight to say, what's eight years of hurt for men that have been waiting 70? Well, what's he, four he, weeks to wait for a final when you've waited 70 years for Sam? Absolutely. But he knew even back then that only could Mayo win the All-Ireland when the prophecy was fulfilled. He knew even as a young laddie back then, eight years ago, that Sam wouldn't come home until Mayo had endured the 69 years of pain. And that has been banished now. And it's starting the new cycle, which will begin on Saturday. And it's going to make for an absolutely fabulous time to be for Mayo. And that 69-year pain cycle, Fat Larry, I'll tell you, has been one of the most painful 69s of my life. (laughs) But I hope that the next 69 are going to be, as you described, pleasure filled it's going to be Mayo is going to become a land of milk and honey and I think if we were only to secure this one All-Ireland final at the weekend that would be a disgrace because I'm kind of gearing myself up for a a nine or ten in a row push at this stage because the, the way that this crop have just shown at every challenge they've had you know be it Sligo or be it Leitrim they've been able to overcome all of the big dogs all their way through this campaign they find themselves in the back end even without the back door system that we've become mm. very accustomed to we didn't go around the back this year we actually just kicked the front door off its hinges we cruised in past Dublin who were welcoming us and we got into the the back of the gaff and Tyrone are there it's a shady room they're looking at us across the poker table they've got five cards we've got five cards we need to throw them all down on the table on Saturday afternoon and see whoever's hand is the best whoever twists first who's going to stick on the day these are the big questions that need to be answered and will only be answered when DJ John McQuilkin throws that ball in you can hear folks that we might be approaching the natural conclusion to this absolute whirlwind of a podcast. Intro. Introductionary section of this podcast. There is, you know, there's been there's some stuff being said here that's never been said before. There's a level of Mayo fever building in the studio here this evening, the likes of which we haven't seen before. We've played 60. I suppose we need to probably rally again for the last couple of minutes and, you know, just to make sure that we see it out over the line, as it were. And one of the things, I suppose, that we haven't mentioned on this podcast and won't be mentioning is the is the Mayo curse. We we never believed in it. We were always about the prophecy. You know, we, yep. we have been on this quest for, you know, 70 years. You've been around for most of them, Fat Larry, as have I myself. And, you know, it, it doesn't get any easier. It nearly gets... Harder, as it were, mm. going through the stages of Mayo Fever. I'm getting a message in here from a young man. He's in stage six of Mayo Fever at this moment. That's when you don't even recognise your own family members. You just start seeing the likes of Connor Loftus and Stephen Cohen walking around in your living room. You're kind of living in a, a totally linear state, you know, parallel to the world that everyone else exists in. And that that's what Mayo Fever means to me. And that's where I'll be probably Friday night right up until Saturday midnight afternoon right until I get into Croke Park and then I'll get my grounding and I'll be a little bit more solid from there on in from there on you you know in fairness stage six Mayo fever it only goes I think only tops that is you know stage seven Mayo fever where which is of course never been you know experienced by anyone really it can only come to pass if Mayo win the All-Ireland so let's hope that you know many Mayo fans reach seven seventh heaven level Mayo fever come Saturday evening now 
Now, there's an inspirational quote that I like to reach to in times like this, and I'm going to read it out for everyone on the podcast. It's one of those short and snappy quotes you could have put in a little frame or hung over your bed, as it were. I'm going to just get started, if you don't mind me indulging myself, Fat Larry. By all means. There's a Mayo man down. Number 10 is down. Jeremy O'Connor. There's a Dublin man after hitting him. There should be a Dublin man sent off here. Dublin are all over the place here. But Henley, 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 let's carve his name with pride. Again and again, that man has got more abuse from Mayo fans. And fair play to him. No Mayo man is taking a backward step. There's all kinds of scraps and schmozzles here. And that, you know, I feel anyways, it should, you know, it should be like the child of Prague or it should be that little picture of Jesus with the light on front of it. It should be hanging in every house, the length and breadth of Mayo. God, what we would do to hear that man manifesting himself like that on Saturday evening. I'm sure we will, Fat Larry. There's one or two little bits of housekeeping we have to get to before the intro to this podcast is finished and then we'll get on to, you know, what's coming up on the rest of today's show. But the little bit of housekeeping we have to do is, of course, first and foremost, we want to thank... The Corja, Mayo are back, new and old. They've been in touch with us in their droves of recent times. They've sent us, you know, you know, they've sent us little little messages of goodwill and we've sent them their Corja cards in return. And make sure you flash those cards when you're going in the gate and as it were on your social media channels, you can, you know, take a picture of them and, and share them with us. This podcast would have been gone many moons ago if it was not for you guys. We'd also like to allude to the Junction Fat Larry. The Junction are our primary sponsors of the Mayo or Back podcast. And for the listeners out there that may not be familiar with The Junction, what is The Junction restaurant? It's one of the finest places in the whole of Ballina town for you to go to do a bit of Mayo manifesting and to also get a nice bit of grub. An absolutely fabulous establishment down there run by some, you know, real premium Mayo supporters. Some of the finest you'll find anywhere in, in the whole of County Mayo. And we would definitely recommend any of... The, inbreds out there now if you're looking for a bit of soakage in and around Ballina over the next couple of months when you're on the party train head on into the junction there and they'll sort you out absolutely there's a fabulous bit of signage that they're after erecting down there as well it's a, a mayo do 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 it's a it's a mayo we're back and the junction restaurant crossover and it's great to see for the half bakes of Ballina and very inbred sign such a welcoming town it was on the day Fat Larry there was times going up to Ballina where I was sure I was going to get decked as soon as I got out of my car but I go up there now and the welcome I get from people all around the town is fantastic and the way they had the town decorated absolutely they are providing the spunk behind this Mayo team at this stage we also want to give a big shout out to Ultra Pure Labs who have been in touch Fat Larry they are sending us a hamper which is going to help us recover from the session that we're going on for the next two or three days. We will be posting about this on our Instagram at Mayo or back when we get around to it. But I don't know what sort of oils or gels or lubricative substances they're going to supply us with. But I know that myself personally, I could end up with Pint Man's elbow after the weekend of drinking. So I think they're going to help us recover with a bit of Epsom salts. Or We don't know at this venture, folks. It's I suppose you'll have to hear us on our next podcast, the All-Ireland Victory podcast, mm. which we hope to do next week I hope they have some kind of you know one of those nice oils that you can kind of put under a lad's nose to kind of perk him back to life because I'm sure there's going to be some guys in you know all sorts of states who'll need a bit of a pick me up and I think you know those guys thank you very much to Ultra Pure Labs you know for you know trying to make us a little bit more well in this a very very unwell time 
this stage of the podcast there's five minutes left to go we need to close out this game we need to make sure nothing slips from this stage we've buried in a few early goals we've stuffed them in the third quarter and now it's all about holding on and hanging on in there and Fat Larry has predicted a 10 or 15 point route on the weekend for me personally I think it might be by one the odd score maybe even a fisted score I could see us going seven or eight up I could see us going five or six down and I could see us clinging on by our toenails to get that victory but something that can ease your Mayo fever over the next few days is the Martin Corcoran video which has been doing the rounds which I would say it's one of those rare videos Fat Larry it's not a, it's not a slow burner it goes straight into GOAT level Mayo video territory mm, it's one of the best I've ever seen hold him up there with Jimmy Sloyne put him right beside the Fole McDonough as it were these are the elite level Mayo videos almost a trifecta of videos that you need to be the watching on Saturday morning Mayo inbreeding absolutely and we should be you know all aspiring to to, you know, be as close to those, you know, staunch Mayo supporters as we possibly can be. And it's going to take, you know, an effort from everyone, not just the players, but the fans especially. You know, this game, I feel, is going to be won and lost in the terraces the next day. It's going to be won and lost in the she-beans around the county, in the GEA clubs, in the pubs, in the restaurants, in the bars, in the hotels, and the whole lot. I think that's where this game is going to be won now. And it, a collective effort is what we need. And that's what's going to do the job for us. And Mayo fans' style is very important the next day. And one thing I would like to see right the way through the crowd is the sombrero Stetson style hat approach that we've seen our selector wearing in the last couple of games for Mayo this is superb this is some of the finest hatmanship you're likely to see in all of Arnold at any stage throughout the year and what I appreciate about this guy the most is he wore it on an absolute roaster of a day he also wore it when it was pissing rain from the high heavens. This is a versatile hat. It reminds me of an Ushin Mullins or a Patrick Durkin. You could find them at any area of the pitch in hail, rain, sun or wind. The same as these hats, the sombrero style hat. And the last thing I want to add to that, and this is a public service announcement for anyone affected by severe Mayo fever, don't call West Dock. What we would prescribe to you is to call the Mayo Fever hotline, which has been inundated with calls and texts as of late. It's 1850, it's actually, sorry, the number is 1951 69 69 69. One more time, that number is 1951 69 69 69. And if you call that up, there will be somebody on the other end to listen to some of your problems and hopefully talk to you about it they're the only service as well who provide intensive care specialised in Mayo fever as well they have extra beds on call they're ready for an absolute surge of cases over the next seven days or so so be sure if you're in any doubt at all get on to them and they'll make sure you're looked after as best as they can Now, uh, we've closed out this podcast as best as we can. We've brought the tempo right back down to earth. We hope that we've fired up the inbreds along the way and we've got you there in the mind before you go there in the body. Don't be going into Crow Park without your visualisation process done. It's going to be an extremely electric atmosphere in there. And if I could, you know, use a a phrase that's been used on this podcast quite well today, there'll be an inbred element to that atmosphere that I would say needs to be embraced by Mayo fans and the Mayo supportership at large. Fat Larry, it's been an absolute pleasure to be in conversation with you this evening. It was absolutely glorious to get the opportunity to to sit down with you and to discuss a couple of things and to converse about a topic that I know me and you, you know, 
we could say we do enjoy talking about it from time to time. It's always good to sit down and, you know, discuss things with, you know, like-minded inbreds. And, you know, I hope this, you know, process has been, you know, therapeutic and cathartic, not just for ourselves, but also to everyone listening in. And I hope everyone now leaves this podcast this evening 125% convinced in the knowledge that Mayo are going to win the All-Ireland and have a great time celebrating. My final words today, Fat Larry, they won't be predictions. They won't have anything to do with this game. They're sediments that I'd like to express, and I hope before I say them that you would echo them. But up Mayo, Mayo are back. Mayo do, do, do. Up Mayo from the very get-go, and up Mayo wherever you go. And Mayo fest, Mayo fest the Mayo victory. Because the hard work is done, lads, at this stage, we have to enjoy ourselves from here on in. And we have certainly enjoyed bringing this podcast to you this evening and over the course of this season and over the last five years, as it were, Fat Larry. These podcasts will go down as an artefact of how two relatively well old men became two of the least sane, half-baked, most purely thoroughbred individuals you'd ever be unfortunate enough to meet in your life. It's been a whirlwind. It's been magical. It's been absolutely fabulous as we might have said once or twice thanks to all the Mayo inbreds for being so loyal for tuning in for all the seasons and in particular season 5 and Mayo do 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 Good score buddy! Good ya, buy ya! This is heartbreaking. It's a free from Terry right in the middle of the pitch. Who's been fouled? Brian Sheehan. Who's the person who'll take it? Brian Sheehan. Who's the best long-range kicker on the Kerry team? Brian Sheehan. He has stolen a yard or two. Watch him. He's stealing yards. He's stealing yards. He needs to get back. Get back. That's the call. Cues Kerry Hurism as they want to say. Oh, look it. Brian Sheehan. Put those in capital letters. Kerry to win it with Brian Sheehan. Sheehan. He goes. It's all over. Everything that you want to see except a male win.